Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. Did you miss me? Okay, a simple no would have sufficed. That's just rude. <laughs> On today's pod, we're talking internationals, informed city players, and there'll be the usual stuff and nonsense. And to discuss all this, I'm joined by three guys who are well and truly box office. Indeed, if a western was made about them, it would simply be called The Good, The Good and The Good. It's Tom Young, Ben McKean and Howard Hocking. Tom, you there, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm good. I, I I say it every pod, but I love these intros. It just inflates my ego a little bit every time, and it's it's tremendous. It's just what I need, isn't it? I'm, I'm a lot kinder these days. There used to be a few digs here and there, usually to Howard's. <laughs> I've dropped them now. I'm a nicer person. Um, ben, are you there? You okay? Yes, I'm good, thanks, Steve. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. But yeah, it's um, not quite a nice day today in sunny Wales. So... um. Yeah, but I was just telling you off air about what I've got to do today for work, and that's pretty shite. <laughs> just that aside, I'm all good. Um, Howard, you there? You well? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Just so excited for the England match. It's only about <laughs> right. 12 hours away now, just counting down the minutes. To be fair, it's a relegation dogfight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that in international football. Um Okay, we might as well start right there then, with England's two Nations League fixtures in the coming days. First, a trip to Milan um, tonight, and then on Monday, the hosting of Germany at Wembley. Obviously, we're going to focus more on tonight's game, because if England lose, they drop down into Group B of uh, Nations League. Um, Tom, does that bother you at all? Yeah, I'd be heartbroken if I'm completely honest with you. Um, (laughs) My love for the Nations League is second to none. Um, and yeah, if England were to get relegated, um, it'd ruin my weekend. Uh, it'd probably ruin ruin the rest of my week next week, and then maybe even the month after that because the <laughs> Nations League. I just, <laughs> I just love it. It's tremendous. But uh, no, I, I couldn't care less. Honestly, as long as no City players come back injured from the international break, <laughs> I couldn't give a scooby what happens in any match across any of the countries. I'm really just. It doesn't phase me. The Nations League, as far as I'm concerned, is just a waste of time. And I think, if I'm honest, I think a lot of the players see it like that as well. I know they brought it in, obviously, to to sort of counteract the the fact that they are playing pointless friendlies that really did have no no sort of end goal. There was no there was no target for these players playing these these friendlies. But I'm not entirely sure the Nations League. I don't think they care about that either. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not fussed. If we get relegated, we get relegated. Uh, if we win, then happy days. But I, honestly, it doesn't faze me. Ben, how badly does it reflect on Southgate though if England are relegated? I mean, I, I'm, I'm very much with Tom on this one. But you know, the results are the results, and if England do go down, I mean, that, that that's kind of indicative of struggles or problems with England right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's part of the tricky task about being the England manager, isn't it? Is you're always, you know, as good as your as your last results, I guess, yeah, really. Obviously, yeah. Southgate's um gone along built building a, a better reputation. I think, you know, most of us would be lying if we thought uh, he would have done as well as he's done. Um but yeah, I think because of that last bunch of results, particularly, you know, the performances against Hungary, um, you know, he's he's I guess his stock is is falling and you can imagine if if they were to to, to get relegated again, you know, it certainly ramps up the pressure going into the World Cup. I, I agree with Tom that, you know, in terms of like the relegations and stuff, to be honest, I'm not even fully up to speed with with the actual format of the of the competition and what goes on. 
um, and, and you know and the implications of if, if they were to lose, if they're relegated, you know what does that mean, sort of thing. But I think, uh, yeah, I think for Southgate, it certainly ramps up the pressure. How serious he takes it and how serious the FA take it, I don't know. But I think most people, um, you know, most people in this country anyway, don't take it that that seriously. No, it's more of a, a pride issue, I guess, because all it'll essentially mean is that next time out, England will play the likes of Czech Republic in, you know, kind of a lesser quality teams rather than the elite such as Italy and Germany. But that side, I don't think has any bearing on, well, it should world rankings, I guess, but that side. It does, yeah. Uh, well, England will be in pot two, I think, for the Euros draw. So Right, okay. But it's like City being in pot two. Of a Champions yeah, yeah. League draw, you know, you, means you might get one. You might, so England might be in a group with someone, you know, like Germany, a top, a top, 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 top team. Uh, but <laughs> but the top two go through. So unless there's a really tricky third part or fourth, then it won't really make any difference. I'll just defend Gareth Southgate, and I'm not his biggest fan. The Nations League games came at the end of the season, yeah. and it seemed pretty obvious that the England players didn't want to play it and I wasn't interested and they were very badly placed when Hungary gave us a shellacking and I wouldn't put it all on Southgate to be honest I, I just was still trying to they were, they were pretty exciting at first I think England won in Spain did they not and it seemed fresh Nations League now it's just yeah what's the point having said that as you said Steve we get to place big teams that we might not have played so I might have been sarcastic when you introduced me, but playing Italy against uh, and Germany across three days is, yeah, it's enough to make me go to the pub and watch it and have some interest, even though it's not that important. And I kind of like games like that because there's not much pressure or much resting on it. So mm-hmm. if if England get relegated, yeah, it'll become even more pointless because the attractiveness of the teams we play just means you just can't see the players being motivated for it very much. I mean, to be fair though, Howard, you don't need a lot of excuse to go to the pub. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, After the most boring week of my life, especially. So, <laughs> Looking at the actual game itself tonight, um, Italy have got an outstandingly good record against England. Um, they last lost to them in 1997. Um, they rarely play Milan, but it is pretty much kind of once or twice a year. Just now, again, they don't tend to, you know, obviously with England with Wembley, they don't do go around the grounds a bit. Um, play Bologna quite a lot for some reason. But anyway, in Milan, they, they've only lost once since 1925. <laughs> um, when they're knocking it yeah. down, is it the end of the season? Or? It's just, all I know, it's been imminent for like two years, so mm. I don't know when. Don't know when. Might be the um, last chance, yeah. Yeah, 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 good point. Um, it's pertinent that both teams suffered big losses in their last games, although I absolutely accept your point, Howard, about it being at the tail end of the season. Um, Tom, with it being three months since that Hungry game, that, that strikes me as, you know, I don't want to be an armchair psychiatrist here, but that's not ideal, is it? Because that just sets a bad feeling here. You know, it's, it's international breaks seem to come very regularly and very quickly. But it's been three months, and the last time England got absolutely shellacked 4 0. Um, so, do you think they'll be catching up training with that still on their minds? And is, is, is there a bit of doom and gloom around England right now? Um, I, I think, as far as the players are concerned, I think that game was sort of done the minute they stepped off the pitch. It's, it's yeah. one of them, I, I say freak results. It, 
it's not a freak result in the fact that Hungary thoroughly deserved to win that game. But if we're being honest, if England play Hungary at home 100 times, you expect them to win 90, 90 of them 100 games. And they just didn't turn up on the day. But um, yeah, it has. it feels like it's been ages since we've seen any international football, which I'm not. It doesn't bother me because as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather just have Premier League all the time. But I think it does, like like what Howard was saying, the fact that England are playing against two big nations over the course of the next four days does give them the chance to sort of bounce back and kind of say, look, we are still capable of, of winning games. We are still capable of beating the teams that are expected to be compete. Well, Italy aren't in the World Cup, but like Germany are expected to go well at the World Cup. So, yeah, it's it's... It's a good opportunity for England to sort of put that game to bed for the fans who, quite a lot of fans, myself included, watched that Hungary game and thought, I'm not sure Southgate can take this team any further. So for Southgate, as much as anyone else, I think these games do give the opportunity to to really sort of bounce back and say, look, we are, we are still the side that got to the final of the Euros 12 months ago and we are still the, the side that got to the semi-finals of the last World Cup. So we are still capable of, of going to Qatar and causing some real damage. And this is the last chance to do that. So yeah. it is important in that regard. But yeah, I, I, as far as uh, concerns about, about the Hungary game, I think that they will have, they will have been long gone the minute that game finished. I should say as well, I mean, obviously it was Italy who England faced in that Euro final. And then ever since they've had a very patchy 2022. And many are claiming that Mancini has been too loyal to his ageing stars. And he's kind of rectified that in recent months, playing the kind of Pellegrini, for example, at Roma, and some you know kids in their early twenties, and they they are producing the goods. But I mean, they lost to North Macedonia, they failed to get to the World Cup, and I think if he hadn't have won the Euros, Mancini would have been out on his ear by now. So they're not the toughest of prospects at present, um, but it's still it's going to be a fascinating one for me. That's how I'm viewing it. I'm going to be kind of fascinated. I'm going to lie on my sofa and I'm going to watch it on Channel 4 and I'm going to be interested in in that. But I'm not going to be engrossed. I'm not going to be gripped. Ben, Tom said earlier that basically he watches his games and just hopes that City players don't get injured. Is that at the forefront of your thinking too? We've got four City players in the squad. Kyle Walker's fitness is a doubt, it has to be said. Are you watching him just thinking, just get through this, lads? Yeah, and I think even even more so in you know the Nations League games or or if yeah. there are friendlies, you know, we, down the years I'm sure it's the same for every club and everyone thinks similar. But you know we have picked up knocks. You know I can think of a number of times where where John Stones has picked up knocks or you know obviously Kev came back uh, injured as well. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's it's just the England games that you think think like that or feel like that. It's just uh, you know it's it's looking at some of these games and thinking you know. What's what's the point ultimately? And you know we we suffer as again. Pep's Pep's moaned about it before in the past, hasn't he? When they've come back, if I was Pep, I'd be to be honest, not even just the fact that if he plays, but I'd be pissed off now that Walker's even even there. Yes, to be honest, agreed. Um, yeah, I think it, it it's crazy. Um, I do I do think with the with the England defence, I guess as well, um, which is I guess why Walker is there, and you know. We'll, we'll maybe talk about Maguire shortly, but it is sort of slim pickings in, in, with the defence. So that's the reason, probably, why um, why the likes of Walker is has been called up. Um, but yeah, to answer your original questions, yes, is it always is a bit of a worry, and I'm certainly relieved when you you see the first photos of the City players training after international <laughs> yeah. see, see who's made it. 
there is a flip side to that, as we said, that sometimes city players or club players benefit from getting some international action. How is it? Is there any examples of that? I mean, Calvin Phillips would have been a perfect example, but of course he's now kind of unavailable. Um, so looking around, I, I don't want John Stones playing. I certainly don't want Kyle Walker playing. Mm, um, I do. Yeah, you want to play him? Well, uh, not John Stones, no, absolutely not. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe 20 minutes just to keep him a bit, you know, mm. keep, the, keep the legs and moving, the muscles uh, working. <laughs> Kyle Walker, I've no idea what his fitness status is, but we've got a derby coming up after the international break. And if he's fit, I'd very much like him to be in the team. Right. Rather okay. than John Stones being right back. And surely he needs a bit of football before then. I don't want him playing 180 minutes, and he's not going to be, obviously. I don't want him playing a full 90, probably. But I wouldn't be against if he is fit. And again, don't I assume if he's gone, if he's been picked for the squad and he's there, I'm guessing there's a chance he can play some football. He must be a, must be available and fit then I, I wouldn't be against him getting half an hour, perhaps not tonight, but on, on Monday, some, or half or something like that, just to get some match fitness back into his legs and then he can train for the week back at City and be in a position to play against United. Maybe he doesn't need it if you just train, you know, be fit and it's not, it's not as if he's been out for a year or anything like that. It's not like the ports so that we have to ease him back over three weeks. Maybe he can just play against United if he's fit because he is ridiculously fit uh, professional player anyway. But I don't think I'd be totally against him getting half an hour, though I'd probably be watching through <laughs> from behind the sofa if he did because, yeah, we could do with him back fit yeah, for after the international break. Yeah, it's... it's um... It is a tricky one. It is a balance. And, of course, you've got to put your trust not only in the city medical staff, but in the England medical staff as well. And, and you know, mm. assume and hope that not only do they know best, but also they have that kind of moral framework where if there's any doubt, then don't play him. But, yeah. I don't know, oh, for England, well, this is an important game. Yeah, away from that, I don't know. There's no one I'd, I'd really want to see play more than one of the two games. But I feel, I've got a feeling a lot of them will be. I know De Bruyne was... Absolutely brilliant against Wales, but he played 90 minutes. Ake played 90 minutes. You probably expect quite a few players to be playing quite a lot. But if they're done mm. by Tuesday-ish or Monday, then there's plenty of time, you know, plenty of rest before we get back to the league action. So Yeah. Um, Harry Maguire's been mentioned on the pod already, and it's, it's a really interesting topic of discussion, this really. Because um, I'm very much on the fence about this, so I'll kind of go through... Um, ask all three of you just kind of quickly on your thoughts on this. Tom, he's played 10 minutes of Premier League football since that Brentford loss with United. Um, several weeks now. Um, should any player be picked for international duty if they're not playing for their club? I really I really struggle with, with this question um, in that I've, I'm always a big believer that players who are playing for England need to be playing for the club just for the sheer sake of the form and the fitness and just yeah. being ready to step into a game of football and, and play. However, I, I've always said that, I've always said with Southgate's teams, particularly when you look at Jordan Pickford, that you, I don't take club form into the situation. Harry, because Pickford's always performed so well for England and maybe whilst he's been struggling at Everton, people have called for someone else to come in and, and Southgate's always stuck with him and he's, he's not let him down so far. 
the Maguire situation is a little bit more difficult because he's just not playing full stop. It's not a case that he's playing and he's playing badly. He isn't playing football. Um, I think these these Nations League games are the best time to play him and see if he's still able to play without playing rather than going straight into a World Cup off the back of no minutes. Um, mm. I think he will play. I don't think Maguire's ever really, again, like Pickford, I don't think Maguire's ever really put a foot wrong for England. I think he tends to play quite well. I think he's, his style of play suits the way Southgate plays football as well. The fact he's got two extra set, oh, sorry, an extra centre-half next to him and a five at the back gives him the ability to play a little bit more with the ball at his feet and not be so concerned about, about cocking up like he's done on so many occasions for United. So, um, as far as do I think he shouldn't play because he's not playing for United, I'm not sure. Um, but I think I'd certainly think if we get to the World Cup and he's still not playing, I'd be very surprised if he did start through that. But I do think he'll play. I think he'll play tonight and I think he'll probably play on, on Monday night as well. I think he's a feature in both, yeah. Um, but there's so much pressure on the lad now. I'm, you know, kind of... It's unnecessary to put that pressure on him on, on the international stage. If he cocks up tonight, you know, there's... So much riding on it for Harry Maguire tonight. And, and to an extent, I would say that is greatly unfair. Um, should he play, do you think, Ben? Is it right to play him? I, I think it's a tricky one. Again, echo what Tom says, really. I mean, I think to make it City-related, I think you could say, although he was obviously playing, but you could say before the Euros, Sterling wasn't you know playing great. I think most City fans wouldn't have put him in the starting eleven, And then, of course, he had a, he had a great tournament, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so, so I think Southgate does have this this loyalty to players. I also think Maguire and Stones together have, all, have always been good for England. Um, so there's that element to it. Um, I, and as as I said earlier, when I was, I was talking about calling up Walker, I, I do think it's it's sort of slim pickings really at the centre back position. Um, you know, you have got the likes of, of Mings. Who I, personally, I've never really rated um, yeah. Cody. I'm not sure if he's <laughs> if he's up to that level. So you know, I can sort of see why there'd be many sort of benefits for, you know, getting Maguire playing well for England. It ticks a lot of boxes for Southgate. And particularly if, you know, come the World Cup, they have Walker, Stones and Maguire. You know, that's that's the same as it was pretty much in, in the Euros and even the World Cup before, wasn't it? So there's definitely benefits to Southgate doing that, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm still conflicted. I'm kind of erring on him playing um i'm certainly erring towards an england manager's right to have his favorites i I used to feel differently about this but now i've kind of come around to it where you know they are an international manager they get so much attention and so much pressure and so much analysis so you know they've got every right to pick players who they feel comfortable to pick it now i mean that's that's nature of their job but and if he likes Maguire and obviously he likes Maguire Southgate then yeah I, I do get it um how would where do you land on it yeah as I listen to you I think I've completely flip-flopped <laughs> on uh, I, I my opinion yeah. uh, my opinion if you'd ask me first was absolutely not it shouldn't be anywhere near the team uh mm. yeah Southgate as I, th- I think Tom said if he's not messing up for England, then you can see why Southgate picks him and club form's irrelevant. But you've got to have some club form, good or bad. In fact, he's just not playing. Just yeah. How can you just put him straight into the team? I think he will play at least one of the two games, maybe a sub and the other. But I've seen a way out of this for Southgate that's just popped into my head. And that's the tournament itself is the way to get Maguire match fit. 
Iran at home. I'm not saying England are going to breeze through the group stage, but it is an opportunity to play Maguire back in, into the team and into match form and fitness if he hasn't been playing a lot at club level. I still think yeah. he has to get some game time for United before the World Cup. He's got to. But the group stage allows Southgate, I think, a chance to play him back into you know, being used to playing football. And that's probably how we'll do it. Because, you know, look at who hasn't been picked. Like, like Ben White, for example, I don't think it's in the squad, is it? I know he's been kind of playing at right back uh, for Arsenal. But I think he's he's got a dilemma because he's, he's club captain still, is he not, Maguire? And mm. Southgate rates him. If he if Southgate doesn't think this nation's... The, if he thinks, well, it's a lost cause, we're getting relegated, then he might as well just give Maguire a go. And I think that's how he'll, that's how he'll look at it, to be honest. So... I think it's a bit unfair to other players, really, that someone who can't even get into a bang average Manchester United team is still getting picked for his international side. But Southgate, like many managers, is very set on certain players and less so on others. And if he's not messed up for England, then yeah, I I absolutely expect him to, to remain in the England side. Yeah, I think it was for Mason Mount as well. I mean, he hasn't been atrocious by any means, mm. Mason Mount, but he has been... You know, it's been six out of tens week in, week out. He's not firing, really. Um, but you expect him to start tonight because he's a Southgate favourite. But I've come round to the idea that that's okay, really. Um, I mean, it's going in blind. It's, these are the last games before the World Cup, and I don't think we'll learn a lot because you've then got to wait for a couple of months to see. Yeah, yeah. Will yeah. Mount come into form? Will Chilwell get some game time, stay fit and get into form? There's so many little things. Who's going to get injured that, in a way... I think all, most man, most international managers are just going into it a bit blind, to be honest. So, yeah. I think as as well in the past, you know, like in years gone by, we've been going into tournaments thinking, you know, what is our team, and literally almost a bit of a blank piece of paper. Whereas I think with Southgate, the benefit of him having those loyalty, you probably could name six, seven, maybe even more for starters, couldn't you? Now, and it's just filling in the gaps around that. So maybe that isn't a bad thing as well. Is it's more of a a settled team, I guess. Well, I could just go ahead and try and do that then. I certainly name kind of six or seven. Um, Pickford's unavailable, so we'd expect Ramsdale to start, but then Pope as well. Um, Rice has to start, but Rice has been really poor this season. So if we're talking about players who are out of form, I would rather, if I was English, see Harry Maguire start tonight than Declan Rice, frankly. Um Tom, who do you think he's going to go with? Who, who do you think? Steve, just to yeah. ask you something. What, like Mount or Ice, if they're playing in bad teams, I mean, mm. yeah, just teams in in a bad situation, base, like West Ham are, like yeah. Chelsea are, because obviously Chelsea have just been absolute <laughs> carnage all year. Do you think Southgate might just say, well, it, it's it's not really the player's fault? You know, Rice is still class and put him in an England side and it'll be fine. And Maybe, the same for then, like Chelsea players, you know, you've got to look at how the how <coughs> how the team around these players are doing as well. But I, it's not entirely fair this thinking, I'll admit. Mm. But if I was an international manager and I was like someone like Declan Rice, I'd be thinking what is also a factor is that week in week out he is losing games and his confidence is low, and yeah. you know, and if, even though it's the team that and less so him, that would be a factor in my thinking personally. Okay. Um, Tom, who would you kind of who would you expect basically Southgate to go for? Particularly at the back, it's quite interesting as regards to 
Ramsdale, you'd think, most likely to start? Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it would be Ramsdale. Uh, I think Ramsdale is most likely to be the number two to Pickford at the World Cup. So yeah. it makes sense to give him as many minutes as he can. Although, personally, I'd, I'd rather see Pope uh, as England's number two. Um, but that's just personal preference. I think I'd like to see Tamari play tonight. I know Stones is, is suspended, isn't he? Because he got sent off against Hungary in that 4 nil defeat. So I think... That makes it even more likely we see Maguire start. And I think Tamari would be... it. Well, Tamari's form, AC Milan, since he's been over there, has been has been fantastic. And I know he's, he's very heavily uh, rated by their fans and, and adored by their fans. So, But we've not seen an awful lot of him for England. So I think this is a good opportunity to give him some minutes if Maguire's... If there are doubts about Maguire's sort of ability to play in the World Cup, if he's not playing for United, uh, I think Tamari looks the most obvious player to, to fill that gap if we will be playing the five at the back and and yeah I think we'll probably see probably see Trippier play at right back um, I know Southgate's a big fan of Trippier so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play and yeah um, I don't know moving, moving I, forward I think that does yeah. depend on, on Chilwell if, if Chilwell's fully fit and yeah, two are left back Trippier right back otherwise I think yeah. Trippier left back yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right Trippier back, but yeah, yeah. Reese James, of course, as well. Yeah, they, I mean, I don't think there's any real worries about about who plays so much as needing to play a strong team. I think we've got enough in the squad to play a team that's capable of going out there and and beating Italy. Uh, but like like you said earlier, Italy don't tend to lose very often at home. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tricky game for England whoever goes out there. But I think whilst Southgate will be hoping to avoid relegation. I think the main concern really is prepping for the World Cup. I don't think there's going to be any or much sleep lost if uh, if we do end up getting beat tonight. So, yeah, I think t- Tamari's one that I'd like to see start if I, if I had to pick a night. Mm, okay. That Stones red card, was that the one of the most ridiculous? Is that the one I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, of the most ridiculous yeah, yellow yeah. cards I've ever seen in my life? So, I should yeah. say, by the way, I've done, I've done three previews of this game and I... I wasn't aware that Stones was suspended. Thank God I haven't included him in any of my... Oh, my God. That would have been a disaster. I, it, I don't think it got overturned. I'm sure he did get sent off in that last... Oh, he did. In that yeah. last game. He, he yeah, definitely yeah, he did, did get yeah. sent off. Yeah. So I hope I'm yeah. not just <laughs> dropped, yeah. dropped the ballot there. And said um, that just before we get to the score predictions, Ben, are you anticipating Ivan Tony to get any game time in the next kind of couple of games? I mean, for, for me, where I kind of land on this is... He's not going to feature tonight. Obviously, it's going to be Kane starting and England need a result. Should England lose, basically the game against uh, Germany becomes a friendly then um, and then we very well may see Tony start. Um, Where do you kind of uh, fall on that? Do you think Tony will feature this this weekend? I really hope so. Uh, And I sort of think at some point the players like that, you know, if if you're not going to involve them and get to see them, then effectively what's, what's the point of calling them up? Um, uh, to be fair to Southgate, obviously he did similar with with Bowen, didn't he? Um, with the last group of games, and, and to be fair, he, he got him he, he got him some minutes there, and he, yeah. he, he, I'm not sure if he came for the bench. He, he definitely had a, re- a reasonable involvement, but yeah, I, I think I think we will, and I think it it's important to have have something different, isn't it? I think again, going back to that, you know, we think we could name his his sort of strongest team once everyone's fit. Is I think. You know, effectively, there's there's Kane and Sterling, isn't there? Depending on whether he plays a two or a three, but you know, I think Kane and Sterling are going to be shoe-ins for the for the World Cup. So, 
you know, if Tony gives us a different option and, you know, he's obviously started the season really well. So, yeah, I really hope to to see him and he's something a little bit different as well. Yeah, I think tonight my, my guess would be Kane, Sterling and Mount as a front three with um, Jude Bellingham, I think, will start tonight. He's, he's played seven of the last eight games now and Southgate is starting to lean on him more and, and trust in him. Um, so I think Bellingham could be a starter tonight, which again is another interesting aspect to it. Okay, score predictions then for Italy, England. Howard? Uh, I think in one of your previews, you did say Italy have only kept clean sheets four and 16, something like that. Do you read my previews? I read mm. everything you write. Oh, I felt that was very touching. Um, no, yes, no, I, probably, no, I, I just need to put a bet that. on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you always think of Italy as like, Obviously, defensively strong, but yeah, some of the stalwarts are, I don't know, about 65 now, aren't they? So, yeah, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be a classic. And I've, I'm going to say that because I've I've got every single city preview game wrong in the last three weeks. It's turned out the opposite of how I thought. I said the Wolves game would be really boring and that we'd absolutely rip Dortmund to shreds. So, I'm going to say this is going to be a really boring game and a, a, a tight one all draw. Well, I'll draw. I'm going one nil Italy. Um, ben, two uh, one Italy. Tom, nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> you are so consistently <laughs> down on this game. <laughs> I just, I, I just it. hate it. I hate it. And I tell you, you what, I'll watch it, Tom. No, I won't. I won't be watching it. I've got no. <laughs> I'm not spending my Friday night watching this two-bit international tournament. I'm telling you, and I'm I'm a big fraud because when the World Cup comes around, I'm the biggest <laughs> England fan there is. But I just I can't get behind this Nations League rubbish. It's just terrible, and I won't I won't be wasting my Friday night watching it. What I'll do about? absolutely anything else. Maybe the it's a Bake Off on. Is that still going? Have we got absolutely? <laughs> it is. It's last last on, night, yeah. There we go, the Bake Off. That's what I'll be watching tonight. All right. Great what, British Bake Off. What about Portugal-Spain next Tuesday? Is that worth watching? That's worth watching probably more so than, than England. But again, I'd just be watching it concerned about Diaz or Bernardo or mm. Cancelo getting injured. Like I don't, I'm not bothered who wins because it, it, it means nothing to me. And then, yeah, I just, I just, I'm not, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Again, it, it sounds really bad to say, but I just could not care less about the uh, about the Nations League or any international football that's not either the Euros or the World Cup. I mean, Steyr did put Belgium Wales on last night on S four C, but all the commentators were talking really funny. <laughs> Bloody hell! Oh, what's Where's Chris's diary? His bullying diary. <laughs> yeah. Start your own one upstairs. You're going to start the own one? Wow. Bullying, bullying diary, yeah. Oh, you're going to get some letters for that. <laughs> it was um, a De Bruyne masterclass, and we seem to play fucking Belgium and De Bruyne every, all the time. And I've, I have to say, Wales were missing Davis, Allen, Ramsey, Wilson, and Bale, and that is 366 international caps of experience right there we're missing. So... I thought we were brilliant and they showed a bit of fighting spirit and we took them close. Mm. And um, yeah, it's uh, proud of the boys. And on to Poland now. We have to beat Poland to avoid uh, relegation from Nations League, ironically. Let's move on from the Nations League and just very quickly, um, before we get to club football and run the rule over City to this juncture, um, I just want to ask each of you about how you're feeling about the World Cup because... Obviously, it comes up in every conversation and in, in every pod that we do, but we never really kind of analyse the fact that in a couple of months' time, it's a it's a World Cup in December and November, and 
like two o'clock on a Monday afternoon, England are playing Iran. Um, ben, I'll start with you. How, how do you feel about it? When you think about the World Cup, are you excited? Or you think, mm, I'd rather that this wasn't the case and I'd rather we just basically proceed to do the Premier League season? I, I think at the moment it feels like a, a pain in the arse, to be honest. It feels like an inconvenience. Yeah. Uh, and there's also the whole, you know, it's leaping into the unknown in terms of we don't know how uh, the players are going to react and, and act before the World Cup. You know, we're we going to see a few like tentative tackles going in before the World Cup. And equally, we don't know when they get back if everyone's going to be absolutely knackered and we're going to get, you know, those those crazy results that we sometimes get at the start of every league season. You know, that might be happening in, in December and January. So we really don't know any of that. So it's, as I say, it's a, it's a you know, a bit of the, the unknown. In terms of, that's that's sort of how I feel at the moment. Uh, but similar to what what Tom said, you know, in terms of when the tournament comes around, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll leap on that bandwagon. Um, you know, in terms in terms of England, I won't quite have flags out of my uh, car window, but you know, certainly, <laughs> you know, willing to to jump onto any hype train, uh, and then also, you know, the the um, the inevitable upset once once it all goes wrong in the semi finals or something. But I th- I think and I think as well with the tournament, I think it doesn't take long. You sort of generally my um, what I've done in the past is you know it comes along you sort of think yeah it's, it's not looking bad and then by day two you're on your sixth or seventh match within twenty four hours or something yeah you can't yeah. get enough of it <laughs> well did <laughs> so, to the couch yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so so I, I imagine that that'll happen and it you know I don't ever think you you get to the end of a tournament and sort of you know you haven't enjoyed it or you know when you're watching the the uh, the reels that they do about it and stuff and it's a you know so I think. I think it'll be good, like like they always are, and I think it'll be exciting. But yeah, at the moment, it's a uh, at the moment, particularly as City start getting getting going and we start to to play well. I, it's strange; you just can't sort of envisage it happening because obviously it's never happened before this time of the season. Well, with that in mind, I kind of think okay, let's just go to our whole hog and have a complete weird time difference. But alas. Guitar is just two hours, so if it's an eight o'clock kickoff, well, actually, we're having a lot of ten o'clock kickoffs, so that's eight o'clock for us, which is perfectly normal. So um, that's a shame because they kind of wanted a bit of a Japan vibe, you know, just kind of watching England whilst having like a bowl of cereal on for your breakfast. Because why not? You know, you've got a World Cup in December. Let's make it as odd as possible. Um, Tom, I know that you're going to be kind of really engaged once the tournament starts, but how about now? Are you? Excited by the prospect, or would you rather just watch City? I, I think I'm always, I'm very much, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very much, uh, I've always been club over country. Like I'd take City winning the Champions League over England winning, winning the World Cup. If you offer me the two on a plate right now, I'm taking City winning the Champions League every single time. But when it comes around, I do. I, I'm sure I'll get into it. I'm sure I'll be what once it's once it arrives, I'll. I'll enjoy it. Um, obviously, we've we've got the the strange sort of entity of, of a winter World Cup, which we've never had before. So, it's in that regard, it's going to be slightly slightly different, and I'm sure we'll all find it a little bit strange. The games played at like eight o'clock in the morning in December, so we sat there with a with a cup of tea and four jumpers on rather than being sat out in a beer garden somewhere in Manchester watching the game. So, that side of it, I'm not sure. I'm I enjoy a summer World Cup because I enjoy the the social side that comes with it, going out with your mates and, and watching the football in the pub and, and it being mm. 
usually quite nice weather and it's all just beer gardens are full. Like when we got to the semi-finals of the World Cup in 2018, that summer was so good. The weather was just perfect all through the summer and England were playing well and it was fantastic. Whether or not I can get into that same mindset for a Winter World Cup, I'm sure I will if England do well. Um, but I think we're, 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 due a, we're due a poor tournament. So um, I'd would I rather be watching City? Probably. But I, I will also say that when, when the World Cup does does begin, I'm sure I'll I'll be bang into it. And I'm, I'm with you, Tom. If I, the choice of City winning the Champions League or Wales winning the World Cup, I'm not with you at all. <laughs> I, I go Wales every time, <laughs> just as a one-off. Come on, well, Wales. Yeah, it's it, it's different yeah. with Wales, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely. Wales. The, the Wales one might happen first. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how are you feeling about the World Cup in, in kind of general? Yeah, just what Tom said, Euro 96 was the, the perfect summer tournament where mm. everything just felt wonderful until we played Germany. Uh, yeah, the sun was out. Was, I'm always excited good, about it. soundtrack. Yes, the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Everything about it until it, it was, yeah, until we went out. Uh, I didn't actually play that well in quite a lot of the games, but it was just, a, yeah, it was a brilliant tournament. And yeah, it's that's what summer tournaments are about. I'm always excited for World Cup. On honestly, can't wait, and it's an absolute disgrace as well that it's happening. So you've got that. I think it's the first TV tournament of our age, really, because you look at you look at F, the FSA have done a Twitter thread about yeah. stuff, you know, like the rules, regulations, drinks, what you can and can't do, and it's it's an utterly joyless experience. If you're actually going there, this is not a tournament for fans. This is a tournament clearly been bought, and what more can you say? It shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be in the middle of the season. It shouldn't be in Qatar. That's before you get to human rights and the you know, having to build the whole thing. The place itself is totally ill-equipped to hold a tournament and shouldn't be. I mean, the place is tiny. It's absolutely tiny. It could be a. I mean, South Africa, I think, is the most disappointing World Cup I've remembered. Yes, I'll go Never over that, a, yeah. It could re. I'm excited. There'll be tons and tons of football. There'll be great games. But ultimately, it will probably be a very, very joyless experience that maybe the enthusiasm will tail off pretty quickly. So the football will have to save it. I will be relying on some classic matches. Because all the others, the thing about tournaments like this, it ain't just about the football. It's it's the people in the crowds. It's all the experiences, the fan parts. It's the culture. It's everything else. And there's just you know, no disrespect. It's just not. It shouldn't be there. And the hypocrisy of journalists. Maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a podcast on that. Uh, all pretending that they were equally critical of Russia four years ago, which is absolute nonsense. They weren't. Uh, it's just wrong in so many ways, but when it arrives, I'll be sat down and watching every single game. So yeah. it is what it is. Isn't it? I love the early early stages of the World Cup where there's like four games on in the day. I adore that. It's my yeah. look but, at yeah. the fixtures though; it does dampen your enthusiasm. <laughs> oh <a> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You think, oh, hang on, uh, these aren't quite as interesting as I thought they'd be. Yeah. It's Qatar v Ecuador, and I know. Yeah. Oh, the opener. Yeah, he's, I'm not. I can't, I'm not sure about. If we could even watch that opening, no, that, that's no. the worst possible opening game you could possibly hope for. <laughs> um, I wanted to do a sizable section on kind of City and running a roll over them to this juncture, but I mean, we will discuss it, of course. But 
And there is a pod next week, Howard, am I correct in saying that, about kind of looking at City at this point and fixtures coming up? Yeah, yeah, looking at the, the run from United to the World Cup and where we stand right. and other teams, yeah. Okay, so I, what I'd like to discuss now then really is kind of look back over the last kind of six or seven weeks. Um, and again, I, I want each of you to, to answer this because this is quite a pertinent question really, being City fans. Um, Tom, what has City done particularly well for you this season? I think City have the the way in which they've adapted to Erling Haaland, which I'd never saw as an issue, but many people kind of said, will City be able to yeah. change the play to adapt to an out-and-out striker and this, that and the other? I never had any doubts that Haaland was going to come in and, and slot into this City team. I didn't think he'd score as many goals as he has. Done. I had no <laughs> doubts <one> <laughs> in, him, in him struggling to adapt, but I think the way in which... They've just hit the ground running with with the move back to a traditional striker that we've not had for the past two seasons has been fantastic. The way in, the mentality of the squad as well in in the way in which we've come back from two goals down on a number of occasions already this season. Just that that mentality and that the way in which we've just seamlessly transitioned back into the new formation that we now play has been fantastic for me. Okay, um, Ben, what's impressed you about City to this point and is there any areas where you think they've kind of struggled, maybe? I think what, what's impressed me is is a big and obvious one, but it's 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 how you know how they're winning games. I guess really, I think there's been a, a couple of times you know against when we've dropped points, you know, so Villa and Newcastle. I think in years gone by, we we could have we could have lost those. So we, I, yeah. uh, me and some, we went to Villa away. And you know, despite them going on about 1982, it, it was a pretty good atmosphere there when they scored. And I sort of thought there was a, there was a moment when I thought, oh God, you know, this could turn. But you know, we controlled the game well and, and saw it out at the end. And then obviously there was the, the really good comeback uh, against Newcastle. So I think whereas the control has you know slightly gone, obviously with the with not playing false nine, I do think we we seem to as I say, sort of be be winning games and certainly be in those games. Obviously, Haaland is a huge part of that because effectively we're almost never out of the game whilst he's on the pitch yeah. because he can score. Um, but but yeah, I think we're also, you know, obviously people are still talking about us, but on the quiet, you know, we're, we're getting better. I think we can all see that, like the, the, the players are starting to come into a little bit more form, you know, like the likes of Foden and stuff like that. But the defence seems to get be getting slightly stronger. We seem to be getting better at playing with Haaland. So I think it's progressively getting nicer and getting, you know, building to to getting towards top form. And then, you know, also on that point, you could say we pr- we probably do look the best team uh, in the league at the moment. But I think we'd all agree that we sort of haven't hit the heights just yet. So we can certainly get better as well. No, I'd definitely go along with that, uh, which you know, obviously, is is a positive, isn't it? It's kind of you think it, we've we've absolutely got a couple of gears it left in us, um, and if we go into those gears, then no one's going to touch us. Um, how would what what's kind of beyond what's been kind of mentioned? Is there anything else what's kind of impressed you? Uh, maybe individual performances. Yeah, well, just, no, just the general. I don't think we start seasons that well normally. That's true. That's and true. looking. I have to link back to the World Cup. Uh, I think it's Football 365 listed who was going to World Cup. You know, probables and, and uh, possibles. And City have the most players going. Yeah. So I honestly think Pep's running this team in third gear at most because he knows what's coming after 
in January onwards. So with that in mind, I don't think we've been brilliant a lot of time. And yeah, Haaland's the the joker that we play that you know get, gets us out of situations. And obviously, individual brilliance from well, any player can be individually brilliant. That's basically the level. You know, the standard of the players is bringing us through, even if the system's not quite working yet. So I don't think it's been brilliant, but I'm pretty damn happy because we're we're chugging along nicely, and I think there's better to come. But maybe. Maybe there is no better to come for anyone because of the nature of the World Cup in the middle of the season and everyone's just getting along. That's a thing. No one really mentions the fact that, you know, it's going to, obviously we're, we're blue, so we look at City and we look at the amount of players who go to World Cup and we worry about that. I get that. It's perfectly understandable, but it's going to really impact on other clubs as well. Yeah. Um, and we're all in this situation, I think. Well, yeah, because by the time City might get some rhythm, once you might be in March by then, but if you're then still fighting in for quadruple again, and to be honest, I think the Carabao Cup will go by the way again very early this season. But if you're still fighting for Champions League and the league, then you don't get a chance as well because you've got other issues to deal with with a, a pretty tight squad. So I think it's one of those seasons where you, you won't see continued, continued brilliance by any team. Yeah. City are just better. And I still think the they're still in a mini transition because of the upheaval in the summer. So, all in all, we, we don't start seasons very well most of the time anyway. Uh, we're doing okay for where we are. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of like an 8 out of 10, but there's still, still potential for much, much more, which in a way is worrying for potential rivals, I think. Um, I've, I included quite a few questions about different players, but I think the best way to approach this is... I'll kind of each I'll ask each of you kind of which players have stood out for you. Um, no one's allowed to mention Harlan because we're going to get to, to Erling very shortly. Um, but Tom is is anyone really stood out for you? I, I've got to say that for me, Gundo is. Uh, I love the fact that he's he's almost a, a guaranteed start of these days. Um, he would be my choice. And John Stones at right back. I'm never sure how I feel about that, but he never lets us down, Johnny Stones, does he? So, and I love the lad. So they would be my two. Um, has anyone stood out for you? Well, I was go- I was going to say John Stones as, as a player who stood yeah, out for, it, for similar reasons. Um, the fact that obviously we've seen him play right back and he's obviously hit an absolute thunder bastard <laughs> against uh, Bruce Dalton yeah. as much as it should have been saved, but um, we can we can skip past that. But yeah, and I do think we may see a bit of John Stones at, at holding midfield at some point this season as well. I think we got a glimpse of that against Wolves and with Phillips' injuries potentially causing mm, a little bit of yeah. disruption in that regard. We may see a bit of stones there, but I think Phil Foden as well has, has, um, has had a good start to the season. And um, I think he needed that as much as, as much as anyone else did. Um, I, I think he's, I wouldn't say his form was bad last season, but I think he sort of tailed off towards the back end of the campaign and he's come in this season and at the ground running, uh, got a few, a couple of goals to his name, a couple of assists as well. I think he's kind of the the first choice of of the wing options that we've got at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think John Stones and Phil Foden are two that that have caught my eye. Um, ben, feel free, obviously, to to mention any player you like, but uh, Cancelo, um, if you can just touch on him to kind of begin with, because I I keep hearing about how he's been really impressive and his stats are really good, but I'm seeing him basically no improvement as regards to last you know he's, he's still as good as he was i'm not seeing anything special from him but am i just not seeing that i, I do think we probably take it for granted really i think particularly That's possibly it. Yeah. Um, yeah i think when 
particularly when you're in the stadium and you see him sort of in close quarters, his touch is so so good. You know, yeah. even take, taking out of the fact that he's that he's a left back or he's a defender, his touch is so good. He's so creative. Uh, I just think he's a top quality player. I mean, again, I mean, you must think that away fans or you know opposition fans must be thinking he's a hell of a player. He can do this, this, and this, and he's playing at left back. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think he looks a bit better for me defensively as well. Again, you know, there's been a few of those sort of standing tackles that she does, which which can go either way sometimes. He either completely misses the ball, um, takes someone out or, and, or uh, you know, he gets the ball. He seems to be getting a little bit better at that. Um, maybe that's a real positive outlook on him. But yeah, I, I think he's a, he's a quality player and he, he, you know, he would have been one of my picks for the, for the players that, that started well, apart from the ones that, that Tom mentioned. Okay. Um, Howard, what about Diaz at the back? Um, how's he performed, do you think, to this point? Uh, and again, mention, mention any other player you like, of course. All right, well, very quickly, I'll just say the the key players for me are the ones, everyone that's arrived at <laughs> uh, the club, yeah. even though we've seen not seen much of our rest, but still be impressed. The Kanji just slipped in. And everyone that didn't go when we thought they might do. So Bernardo Silva Gundogan and Nathan Ake, because Nathan Ake, at the time we said, look, he might not be the world's greatest defender, but it leaves us a real problem if he goes, having to replace him and incorporate another defender into the team. Yeah. And him, his performance have just showed how big it was that that, never, that move never went through to Chelsea, even if he wasn't one of our key players, how important he's been at the end of last season and this season. So it's great that he stayed. So all the new arrivals, plus the ones who we thought might go, uh, but didn't. As for Diaz, just unspectacular, really. I mean, we've been at, we've been really rotating, as we said in previous podcasts, that back, the central defence. And he's in, out, in, out. And I think there's not a lot to say about Diaz at the moment. He's, I've seen, I mean, it's just the way it's on social media, I've seen some criticism of him that, to the point that some think he's third choice at best now. But again, maybe we're just taking for granted that he came in was so brilliant that we now expect, you know, nine out of ten every week. It's been a, a just a, a steady, fine start to the season for him, but nothing that stands out for me. So, but we've got our strongest central defensive roster in our history. I said it last season. Now we're probably even stronger. Now, if a Kanji carries on like this what a steal that was, then we're even stronger than we were last season. So small points really to pick holes in any defensive performances when we've got so much talent. And that's a problem in itself that you don't even know who should be picked game on game now if Laporte comes back and he's fit after the international break. Well, yeah, when Laporte comes back, it complicates matters, doesn't it? Big time, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, but there's a, a section I really wanted to talk about. So I'm going to kind of whiz through Harland, if that's okay. Um, everyone obviously is aware of how phenomenal he's been. But I think it was Football 365 put some stats up this week, and they're just crazy, absolutely crazy. And um, he's had, and I know that the amount of touches he's had annoys some City fans. I get that because it's kind of like if someone insults your brother and you know you don't like it but you can insult your brother that's how I feel about the, the amount of touches that Erling Haaland's had it fascinates me and I love talking about it but if 
you know, someone in the media talks about it. It's like, I'll stop going on about his touches all the time. So there is hypocrisy from me on that regard. But anyway, here's some um, facts about his touches. Um, he's had a mere 156 touches in a ball this season. Um, and he scored 14 times. Every 14 times he's touched the ball, he's scored a goal. Um, he's had 2.5% of City's touches this season. He's scored 48% of our goals. This just doesn't even tally. It doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Um, he scored a goal every 52 minutes. And individually, on his own, he scored more than Chelsea or Manchester United. Um, I don't know where to go with this. It's I've just I've run out of superlatives for him. It's Ben. I, I mean, me and Tom and Howard have been on a few pods recently and talking about him. So I'll just come to you, Ben, on this. Um, is he how, how better is he than you expected him to be? Because I doubt that you expected him to, you know, have a start like this. No, I mean, I'm I'm not often right, so I'll I'll say it. But when um, on a previous pod, I did I said there was there was a chance, and obviously it was a hope that he could absolutely eat up the league. And I think, yeah. in a way, you know, he's doing that. Obviously, as I say, he's he's completely blown those expectations. Um, in in terms of the 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 involvement in like touches and and, and stuff like that, for for me, when when you're there watching him and you're seeing all his off the ball movement and he's you know he's yeah, so yeah, good yeah. and he looks so sharp, it sort of you sort of almost forget that he hasn't touched it. Like a, he'll have a maybe he'll have a shot in the in the thirtieth minute of the first half or something, and you'll think, well, shit, he, he's only touched it two or three times before that or something. So I, you know, I don't think that's important. He clearly doesn't think that is important after his his interview the other day when he said his his dream was to have five touches and score five goals. Exactly. Um, that's how I. Th- yeah. Yeah. But he's just. I mean, as you say, you guys have, have talked about him, but I think he's he's just that other level, isn't he? In terms of not just as a player, um, but I love his his interviews are great. He. Although, you know, obviously a lot of the footballers are media trained and, you know, they'll say stuff like, oh, we focus on the next game and, and things like that. But I truly do believe that with him is, you know, he often says stuff like, you know, we've got so-and-so next and I will want to score against them and stuff. And I think he is that determined and that focused. It's it's completely true. Um, mm. And of course, there's the other side to it where he's he's just a, a complete icon. I mean, the first, the first game we went to and he played... My uh, my thirteen year old son was literally giddy about him coming out of the stadium, mm-hmm. like instant hero, talking about him. Did you see? He did this? He, this is his stats. He's done this. He's six foot five. He's this quick and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. And I, I think it's just that obsession, isn't it? And as I say, he's, he's he he seems the refreshing thing is, and he's not. You know, he's obviously a supremely confident person, but it's but you know, it's it's obviously he's comfortable with that, and he he knows how good he is. Um, and it's it's great to watch and it's so exciting I think obviously watching City over the, the last few years has been so exciting to watch them and Pep playing great football but I just can't wait to watch his next game sort of thing that's when when we get there and he's playing which of course he usually is it's like great I can't wait to see what he does to see how many goals he's going to score um, so so yeah he's uh, he's brilliant and just hopefully he can he can stay fit I guess with those stats the only slight concern and it's you know really really being picky but obviously he's got 14 goals our next goal scorer is Foden with three and, mm. and he scored two, Foden scored two in the last three games hasn't he so you know there is that reliance whereas you know in seasons gone by we've been spreading that throughout the team because we've had to obviously but you know it would be 
it would be good if um, you know some of the midfielders started chipping in on top of Haaland as well. I think that's a really good point. I mean, like I said earlier, 48% of City's goals, that's the kind of stat you'd normally see for a mid-table side who, you know, they've got a 20-goal-a-season striker, but not a lot else going for them. Um, you wouldn't ordinarily see that at a team at top of a league. I mean, I can't ever recall that. So, um, yeah, but that is the only negative, really. Everything else is just... And, and, and I go back to the touches and, and why I... Why I mention him is because I see it as a positive. It's like Holland said he wants to score five goals from five touches. Let's just make this as crazy as possible because it's just frying my mind. It's not normal. And we have him and it's incredible. Um, Okay, very quickly before we go, uh, I just want to go through some updated predictions. So at the start of the season, obviously, we all kind of say so-and-so is going to win the league, so-and-so is going to win the Champions League. We are now fifth and way through the season. So I'll go through each one and kind of ask each of you. So, um, Tom, who's going to win the league? Man City at a canter. Lovely. Ben? Yep, City again. Didn't want to sound arrogant, but I think it'll be, you know, at least by eight points or so or something. I might think exactly I'll go City too. Howard? Yeah, not arrogant, just better. So, <laughs> oh, um, top four, Tom. Uh, I'll go obviously City, Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool. I've also gone for those four, but I've gone for Arsenal in second. Um, but yeah, I've gone for those same four. Uh, ben? Uh, City, Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea, I think. Right, okay. Howard? Oh, this is really tough. <laughs> City. Arsenal Spurs are just. Uh, I did write this down earlier. Now I'm just still not sure. <laughs> you'd have to do it in order or just name the other three. It's entirely up to you. At this point, it's entirely up to you. <laughs> you know what? Just because of the. Uh, I'm going to get pelters for this. City, Chelsea, United, Arsenal. I nearly went for United. I nearly went for them. Yeah, I think they'll be fair. Well, that's a leap of faith that Spurs aren't playing that well. See, I've got to show you my workings now. <laughs> Spurs aren't playing that well. I think they could tail off, but I'm not convinced in anything I've just said anyway. And writing off Liverpool, that was a bit stupid of me. I may replace Chelsea with Liverpool, to be honest, so... I'm gonna no. I'll, I've said it, so that's my. It's real. I think it's the it? hardest one to call ever. So what was mm-hmm. it? City, uh, United, City, Chelsea, United, Arsenal. Yeah. Okay. So Spurs. And, well. Okay. That's a big shout. Fair enough. Um, Premier League Player of the Year. I'm going for Haaland if he can t- continues in this vein. I don't think there's anyone else going to get a look in. Um, Howard, I'll come back straight back to you. Premier League Player of the Year. Who should get it or who will get it? <laughs> God, why do you have to make this? Oh <laughs> well, it will be a Liverpool player, even if it's seventeenth. So, yes, yeah. yes, of course, be. it's Haaland, of course. I mean, it could be Kevin De Bruyne has got third. What is it? Thirty-seven yeah. goal involvements at club and country this year. He could get it, but he's had it before. It's got to be Haaland. It's got to be. Uh, ben, uh, Nunes. No, Haaland. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think Haaland. I, I think it's, although it could go to elsewhere, I think if he, 
you know, breaks the 36 goals or whatever, which I think he will. I think they, they have to give it him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom? Yeah, I'd agree, Harland. I think, kind of maybe controversial, I think De Bruyne's more likely for me to win the Ballon d'Or this year than the, than the um, Premier League Player of the Year. Um, oh, just be amazing. historically with his <laughs> numerous Man of the Match awards, he wins in like the Champions League every single season. His, his form in Europe, I think, He's got half a chance of winning. I think he's got a better chance, sorry, of winning that than the Premier League player of the year. Can I just ask, does the Blonde Door go across the calendar year or does it go across the season? Calendar year. I think he's got a better chance, yeah, because the way he's going at the moment, he's only got to keep going for another couple of months. But he may take the World Cup into account, Martin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Teams to go down, I've gone for Leicester, Forest and Bournemouth. Tom? Uh, uh, Bournemouth. Oh, you know what? I've not even I've not I've not thought about this one, and I thought I'd just know it straight off, off the top. Uh, Bournemouth, <laughs> Forest, and you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Leicester as well. The way they're playing, they are looking yeah, in, in, shambles in deep waters at the moment. So yeah, I'll I'll echo that. Bournemouth, Forest, and Leicester. Uh, ben, a three to go down. Yeah, I had the the same for the for the main reason is that I don't think any of them have got enough goals in the team. Yes, yeah, you're always looking for those goal scorers and, and down there, priceless. Um, Howard? At Bournemouth Forest, I'm going to say a gamble that Rodgers goes and Leicester improve because there are yeah. still some good players there. We go for Southampton instead. Okay. Um, right, well, that's a wrap for today, folks. Um, we covered a lot of ground and it was kind of a mixed bag today, but I really enjoyed it and particularly enjoyed being back at the, the Friday show. Thank you very much for joining me today, Tom. Yeah, no worries. Uh, hopefully, well, I say hopefully. Soon we'll have some Premier League stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. We don't have to talk about this rubbish international rubbish. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I look forward to that. <laughs> don't sit on the fence, Tom. <laughs> Tom. I'm still going to ask if you want to do the international reviews next week. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm still going to say yes, and I don't know why, but <laughs> we'll have that discussion off air. Ben, thanks for coming on today, mate. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Steve. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, thanks for hosting and having me on. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we're off to see if Wales have to play Kevin De Bruyne anytime soon. Seriously, it's like one every four games for the past four years. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. Be well and forever up those magnificent blues. <laughs>